Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stump. I'm going to take a look at four players who are not in the Pirates organization right now today and kind of call them like the dream free agents. I don't think this is going to be a very busy offseason. I don't think that's a very controversial opinion. Like Ben Sherrington has said, Go read the article. Go listen to Dayon's Daily Shots if, if you need something more specific there. But it's kind of taken this, no, we're going to need to have to show something before we heavily invest in this team. But I'm going to kind of skirt that a bit and come up with two dream-free agents, one a hitter, one a pitcher, and then two more realistic but could still really help free agents and call it something like the dream off season for the Pittsburgh Pirates. If they added four players, who would be those four players? We're going to start with the hitters here first. And we're going to start off with the, with the dream. If they could only get one guy, who is that guy? For me, it's Trey Mancini. There are a couple parts I really like about Mancini. First is he's a talented hitter. Last two years, only above average results, whatever you go weighted and OPS plus. But you have to also keep in mind that this guy beat cancer in 2020. That also needs to be kept in mind whenever you look at those 2019 stats, which were fantastic. 35 homers, the 900 OPS. Like Those are great. I don't know if we're ever going to see him achieve those numbers again. And that's fine, because what he's produced the last couple years are still good numbers. He is still a good baseball player, and he's a first baseman, and he's a right-handed hitter who could hit 20-something homers at PNC Park. Do you know how rare that is? I mean, whenever you take away like the Martes and the McCutcheons, you get like a spare Josh Harrison year, and that's about it. Almost all the other power hitters that the Pirates have produced have been left-handed or switch hitters. So he had something that they desperately need, right-handed power. They were so desperate for it last year, they went to Yu Chang just in a, 
Look, we got to find someone who swings from the right-hand side of the plate. He adds that. He adds a really good veteran voice in that clubhouse. He was one of the reasons why this Baltimore team took a big step in 2022. And I can't help but think, I, I said this at the trade deadline, them sending him to Houston, I think sunk the boat for the Orioles. I'm not saying they had World Series aspirations or anything, but I think they could have been the number six wild card. The Rays weren't that impressive. And if they had Trey Mancini flip a couple games, if they're against the Rays, maybe 86 wins gets you into the playoffs. I think he could be had at a reasonable salary. I'm going to just project one here. This isn't source reporting. This is just pulling a number out of the sky, got estimate, somewhere in the ballpark of 330. $10 million average annual salary. Something that the Pirates are doing for Hayes. So it's not like this, unre- it's a, it's this unreasonable ad. I'm also going to be looking at about that 10-ish you know, million figure for the next guy, for the pitching side. But, you know, we'll get to that whenever we get to that. Three years, $30 million. He is paid whenever that core of young players like Cruz and Contreras and the guys we see next year like Rodriguez and Davis and Priester and Burroughs and Gonzalez and Peguero are all pre-arb. Whenever they start hitting arb, he's off the books. He's a great clubhouse guy. He has some defensive versatility. He can play the outfield too. We all know the Pittsburgh Pirates love that. That's a good tool to have in your back pocket. He adds right-handed power, and it's at the position that the Pirates desperately need the upgrade the most. The last time they had a team OPS from first baseman lower than this year was 1920. Over 100 years ago. It had been 100-plus years since the last time the Pittsburgh Pirates had gotten worse offensive production out of the first base position. That is... That absolutely mandates upgrading the position. Because if you don't, if you don't, you give the message that historically bad is acceptable. And I look at the farm system, Mason Martin, he can't be on the radar anymore. If you can't hit AAA pitching, if you swing and miss at AAA breaking balls in the zone... If you strike out 35% of the time in AAA, you're not a big league hitter. And I like Malcolm Nunez. I think he's an interesting pickup that they got at the trade deadline. I can't put all the first baseman eggs in a double-A prospect. I can't. So, where does that leave you? It leaves you at outside options. And I, I'm detailing this more for an article that comes up Saturday on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Go read it if it is up. It should be up fairly early in the day. But if it's not, wait a little bit. It'll come up. We, we're going to break down first base. There are some trade targets. There are some reclamation projects that you could go into first base. I like that, but there's no real safety net outside of Nunez 
And then if Davis and Rodriguez are both in the majors, one of them can play first base and the other one can catch. You know, alternate between the two or something like that. There's not a lot of depth at first base. It requires a significant upgrade, in my opinion. Trey Mancini is that for a bunch of reasons. The more realistic minor guy they could get for like a one-year deal, two or three million, is Roberto Perez. And I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes hearing that because Roberto Perez played a month and then got hurt. And I don't think anyone was really shocked that he played one month and then got hurt. But that clubhouse really likes that guy. They really trust that guy. He is a good person to have around a bunch of young pitchers. And there are a bunch of young pitchers coming up next year. There's a lot of intangible things he does well. And if he does get hurt in May again, I would feel comfortable giving the ball and the glove to Andy Rodriguez or Henry Davis. He doesn't need to give a whole year in this dream scenario. He just has to give something and be a, another pitching coach, pretty much, for this young staff. If he does that, I think that's worth a one-year, two or three million dollar investment. He's very interested in returning. The Pirates have interest, but they're going to wait and see where he is at the end of his rehab. He was supposed to be cleared for all baseball activities in very early November. I wouldn't be shocked if we start to hear a little buzz around then, or maybe a little after, just to see exactly where he is after all his baseball activities he's cleared for. He's not playing winter ball or anything like that, so it's not going to be or at least he said he wasn't thinking whenever I talked to him very late in the season. I guess I should say 100% definitive. I'd be very surprised. There's ways that they could check on, on him. They have the previous relationship. I think it's just a good one year. Give it a shot. There's a big difference between we're signing Roberto Perez because we think he can be Jacob Stallings. And, you know, we just got these other players in a Jacob Stallings trade where it's like, okay, I don't really agree with that logic all the way through. A difference between we're going to sign Roberto Perez because we need a catcher for at least a couple months. And he's got good relationships with everyone. He's going to make our pitchers better, even if he gets hurt again. I think that's a very different situation. And I think that makes him a much more attractive free agent the second time around. Almost a little bit of a luxury rather than signing a guy completely out of necessity of a situation that you created. That's the hitting side. Whenever we come back, we're going to take a look at two pitchers here, one of whom you, you already know. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later, here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Pitching. 
It's what everyone always talks about this time of year. I, I've got a couple lefties here, and I didn't set out to make them both left-handed, but the Pirates clearly need some left-handed pitching. Manny Banuelos was a pleasant surprise off the waiver wire. I don't think anyone would have any quarrel with him being a lefty in the bullpen for next year, but he can't be your only lefty in the bullpen. Actually, you probably need a premier bullpen lefty, but I want to start with the rotation first with the most generic pick you can make right now, and that's Jose Quintana. For a couple reasons. One, he shoved this year. He shoved. He was, this was his last chance to prove that he could be a major league starter, and he did that. He showed he is going to stay in the rotation. And he is eternally grateful to Oscar Marine and the Pirates for that opportunity. So much so that I think if the Pirates did earnestly show interest in coming back, he would reciprocate. Maybe not to, oh, it's a guaranteed done, look, you gave me an offer, I'm just going to take that. But like, no, if the Pirates are interested, he's going to be interested. Which for someone who, in the back half of his 30s, that's not always a guarantee. Sometimes these guys just want to chase a little more money or a ring or something like that. But he really liked being the guy in the clubhouse that the pitchers went to. That there were guys like Rowanzi Contreras who just followed him around, you know, just tried to sponge up everything he did so he could be a big leaguer like Jose Quintana. There's a lot to like. I, I don't know how much I could actually say about Quintana that's actually new information because all Pirate fans got to see him for four months. He really excelled. And I think if the Pirates came along with a two-year, twenty low $20 million deal, let's say two twenty-two, just for, you know, <laughs> it, it rolls off the tongue well. That's $11 million average. Again, not a big investment for whatever you have all these prospects come up and whatever they might need to start getting paid. It gives you some stability in that rotation. It gives you a left-hander in that rotation. It gives you a veteran in that rotation. Parts are quietly two for two whenever it comes to taking a guy who the rest of the league had given up on as a starter, picked him up, got a nice year out of them. They did it with Tyler Anderson back in 2021. I think there's a decent chance that they'll go that route again, try to go three for three there. But it's also, you can just get this guy back. You don't always have to go for just this guy was available for three or four million dollars, so we took him instead. You can invest a little more or a disproportionate amount into someone that the clubhouse really like. There's a reason why they all played his entrance music, all three pitchers, whenever he came back to Pittsburgh in August. That was no coincidence. That was 100%. Everyone was doing it. And that first day, they're like, okay, Contreras gets to do it. And then Brubaker got the ball next. He's like, no, I'm doing it too. And Keller's like, I'm doing it too. 
They respect that guy. You got to throw this clubhouse something. Because that is part of being a player-centric culture. You got to show that you'll make a move for the players. Not just for the team, but for them specifically. They really love their time with Quintana. I know Quintana loved his time in Pittsburgh. Just make it happen. I don't think anyone would be <laughs> upset if the Pirates came in and said, this was our big you know, addition on the, on the pitching side. Everyone would be like, you know what? That's a good addition. That's a good addition. Someone who started game one of a playoff series? Yeah, I could roll with that. It'd be a good fit. Bullpen. I'm breaking my rule here a little bit because I, I kind of thought about this guy for a while and I'm like, oh man, this would be so good, but he doesn't kind of fit the, oh, the dream, you know, one, you know, big free agent, one smaller one. And look, I'm, this is the dream free agency. We're just going to go with that. This guy addresses the swing and miss need that this bullpen needs. They need more swing and miss. Baseball Savant tracked him at this, as the second lowest whiff rate out of all relievers last year. That's not going to fly. He addresses the left-handed need that they need. He is a late-inning reliever. He has experience back there, and he can provide someone besides just David Bennar, someone who has experience in that role. So you don't have to go into next year hoping that Robert Stevenson or Will Crow or Gary De Los Santos could just be the setup man. No, you've got one. And it's Taylor Rogers, who is coming off a very bad year. But from 2018-ish to 2021 with the Twins, he was terrific. He was Tony Watson. That's who he was. Just the left-handed setup, semi-closer type of guy who just got hitters out. Struck out a lot of hitters. Even last year, in a down year, 90th percentile in strikeouts, 84th in whiff. That's the type of pitcher the Pirates need. He gave up a lot of hard contact, yes. It's the first time really in his career that he's been hit that hard. And I don't think he's cooked. A lot of guys are going to be interested in him this offseason because he has a good track record. He's left-handed. He could be a lot of different things in a bullpen. Pirates, I think, would have a leg up for two reasons. One, they could offer him leverage innings, which I don't know if every team that'll be interested in him can. The second is he gets to reunite with Derek Shelton, who was the Twins bench coach whenever Taylor Rogers really started to break out. I think that'd be a nice little reunion right there. See if that clicks. Pirates need someone who could go from the other side. In an ideal world, they would have a left-handed David Bennar in that bullpen also. I don't think Rodgers is going to be that. But he could check a lot of the boxes that they need out of that bullpen. In just one package. And if something happens to Bender whenever he if he is shut down for a couple weeks or so, you're not scrambling in the ninth inning like the Pirates were for a good chunk of the second half of this season. That was a problem. 
And whenever you lose 100 games, you can look at a lot of different things. There are a lot of times whenever that bullpen just gave away leads. And you can't do that if you're going to lose 100 games. Add a, a serious guy in the bullpen. He is a reclamation guy. He is a, you know, give me a one-year deal. Let me rebuild my value type of guy. But if you're looking for swings and misses, you're looking for someone who could give you leverage innings, you're, giving, you're looking for someone who could give you something from the left-hand side, there it is. So yeah, two lefties. I think that'd be a pretty good, if the Pirates came into spring training and I look in that Pirate City locker room that's way too small, and I see those two guys would be like, that's a pretty darn good offseason right there. That is the dream offseason, some might say. I might say. We're going to take one more break. We'll be back here in a minute. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. And I guess I should wrap it up by saying that if this really is the dream offseason, someone would get extended to, whether that's Cruz or Reynolds or Contreras or Bendar. I'm going to emphasize Bendar again as kind of a, hey, he's got one pre-ARP year left. Lakes Pittsburgh could probably be signed for about five or so years for not that much, won't break the bank. There's a lot to like in that mix right there. I, I think one of those guys, make it, a, make it a clean sweep. Five signings. There you go. 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates season just became a lot more interesting. And you're going to want to hear about that interesting season here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network, where all fine podcasts are found. You'll find this one, too. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.